Welcome to the Recruitment Mentors Podcast. My name is Hisham Azuz. This is a, another edition of the graduate entry-level recruitment episode series. And I'm really excited today to be joined by James and Lizzie. And in the next 30 minutes, we're going to be talking about how they ended up in recruitment, the advice that they would give to their younger selves if they were just graduating again, advice they give to people that or on the actual job market at the moment, or maybe graduating for the first time. Um, and we're going to sort of find out why we feel more people should sh- be choosing recruitment as a career. So before we go into this, um, Lizzie, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself first, and then James, and then we'll we'll get into it. Perfect. Yeah, hi. So I'm Lizzie Formasano. I am a recruitment consultant at This Is Prime. Um, so I've been at This Is Prime for about eight months now. Um, started as a resourcer and now a um, full 360 consultant. Um, tiny bit about This Is Prime. So we are a graduate sales recruitment company and I specifically recruit graduates into sales roles in London. Awesome. And James? Yeah, hi. Um, I'm James Salomon. Um, I've been at This Is Prime now for about 16 months and that includes a placement here that I did. Um, I sit on the regions desk at This Is Prime, so focusing primarily on kind of any location outside of Manchester and London where our offices are. Um, so do a lot of work in Scotland, Ireland, the Southwest and America as well. Love that. And then just for context then, so Lizzie, you graduated in 2019. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then James, you graduated this year, about right? Three, about three weeks ago, yeah. Three <laughs> weeks ago, yeah. Saw the old... <laughs> The classic pop-in champagne yeah, picture on LinkedIn. So yeah, congrats <laughs> for that. Thank so you. um okay, so let, let's start with you then, James. Like how like talk to us a bit about how and like why you ended up sort of committing or wanting to work in recruitment after obviously graduating a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so obviously it started off as a as just a placement year. Um and I say just a placement year because I actually applied to do marketing at Prime. Um so Prime sponsored the the Manchester Met football team. Um so that's how I was aware of them. And I applied for a marketing position and it was kind of had a couple of interviews and had a few conversations with Neil, who is a co-founder and MD in Manchester, and kind of realized that I think what I'm motivated by probably wasn't going to be given to me through marketing. Um, And that was things like the clear progression, the commission for, you know, for your hard work and things. Um, So I kind of had a bit of a decision to make in terms of, did I want to try, you know, try my hand at recruitment? Um, And I did, and I I don't regret it. Um, I thought at the end of the day, it's, you know, a year of my life. Um, Unfortunately, it was cut slightly short due to to COVID, but nine months of my life that I thought, you know what, if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased to kind of say that it did. Um, so I went back into my final year quite refreshed, knowing that I had a little bit more direction now. Um, and then I say as of January this year, um, was was asked to, uh, you know, if I wanted to come back sort of on a part time basis, um, which I'm really, really happy that I did. And, and I say now, now back full time with This Is Prime. So, yeah, kind Love of, uh, yeah, I didn't really mean full to come into recruitment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> so and then just really quickly, Lizzie, did you did you not do a placement year? At this is Prime, but did you also do a placement year when you was at uni out of interest? No, no, I actually didn't. So I went straight out of university into a recruitment role. Actually, I've got quite a funny way of getting into recruitment, really, um, which we'll probably go into later. But yeah, no, I, I didn't do a placement, went straight into recruitment after uni. Really? Okay, fair. So let's, um, I, I want to both just get both your, I guess, honest thoughts. Uh, well, I guess it'd be more James on like yeah. the benefits of potential placement years. But Lizzie, let's hear the, the story then on 
how you got into recruitment and why that's where you started your work <laughs> career outside of after leaving uni yeah no so um I was I, I kind of you know as that classic graduate you come out of university you don't 100% know exactly what you want to go into but I knew exactly what my motivations were and, and what my strengths were um absolutely loved communicating I've been like in hospitality my whole life so love working with people using interpersonal skills I wanted a career where I could progress really quickly um and obviously make money to be honest and um, to be quite frank have yeah, a really sure. decent earning potential um so recruitment pretty much ticks all those boxes so I started off um in a small recruitment firm uh, that I've, um, unfortunately got cut short just uh due to sort of cash flow issues and a redundancy very early yeah. on but once I almost got a taste for recruitment I was like absolutely like this is for me really really love it um went into internal recruitment role and as I'm sure you can imagine um when COVID hit internal recruitment is probably the worst place you want to be um so then that got cut short and that's when oh, wow. um yeah so that's when I came across this is prime um so still stuck with recruitment third time lucky um but yeah that was yeah. kind of the weird the weird journey I suppose into Hang it on. so a couple of hiccups on the way but um but we're here now so uh yeah a classic showcase of resilience there <laughs> by you that's that's well fair play on you to keep pushing on and making that happen so I guess just really quickly because I think it will be valuable for people I guess like one James like how did you how did you get a placement yeah out of interest like how yeah. like how easy was it to get one and two like how should is that something that people should be thinking about like what what are your thoughts on it just out of interest yeah I think um sort of on that I think the first thing I'd say is it's very difficult to get a placement so you'll feel like you know to anyone who is maybe applying or is looking to apply next year um, you will feel like you're applying to a lot I think I applied to around 28 if I'm being exact um, in terms of recommending it I think the the kind of cliche is your lecturers will kind of say if you do a placement you know you're, you're more likely to get a first and things like that I can you know honestly say that I went back to uni you know having just got up at 6am for a whole year with a very different mindset um, it does make you more mature it does make you more switched on it does make you more you know manage your time more effectively um, and as well you know that the money is obviously a, a massive bonus of that at the time I probably wasn't thinking about it too much um, but I'd say you know bonus. exactly yeah um, but it's difficult you've got to you've really got to stick at it I think in terms of applying to, to placement opportunities. Yeah, because I can imagine it being super competitive, but it seems yeah. it seems like the benefits it gave you was obviously added bonus was like money, but it gave you a sense of sort of direction, which a lot of people struggle with. Had a bit more of an idea of what work might look like or what life might look like out after uni, um, and as you said, it gave you a sort of um, an environment where you could, I guess, yeah, mature a bit and be around people that yeah aren't in the uni environment, right? Because yeah, that's just a completely different world. Absolutely. Compared to, yeah. yeah. So nice. So um, where I want to start then. So for you, Lizzie, let me come to you on this first. Like, so we, we're speaking about recruitment quite positively, but like what, what skills or experience so you said around progression and potential, but like what, what skills or experiences recruitment given you that you least expected you think so far? Um, well, I think it goes to show probably based on my last answer, the resilience piece, but I think that's such a classic buzzword. It gets thrown around so much yeah. um in every kind of recruitment interview or anything but i think resilience is a, a mad one not just in kind of what my experience was like obviously going having a couple of hiccups along the way to actually securing you know what i want to do in the, in the long term um but actually in the role itself i think a lot of people before they get into recruitment don't realize um how challenging it genuinely is um so i think the biggest thing that is massively overlooked is because you are working with people there is always this you know 
um, idea that you have to kind of expect the unexpected. People have mm. their own mindsets. They do their own things. So as much as you think you have as much control over a situation as, as you want, um, at the end of the day, you're still working with another person with their own opinion, with their own mind, and they can do anything. Um, so I think definitely things not going your way when you they genuinely should or everything's in place and things not going your way. Um, the ability to just pick yourself up and um, remain really solutions focused and just continue on um, thinking about what the end goal is, thinking about what you need to do to rectify it. That um, recruitment's definitely taught me that because I've, yeah, I've definitely had so many situations where, you know, you've said like a, a candidate's not shown up to an interview last minute or maybe everything seems like it's going your, your way and then someone pulls out of, of, a, of, a, um, of a process or something um, yeah. and you just can't focus on that. You do have to just be so solutions focused and so resilient to get past that. So I definitely think that is probably the biggest skill that um, or trait even that I, I've definitely learned over my career, particularly at Prime. And how is that? Because personally, I think like why I think one of the reasons why I think sort of recruitment should be seen as a great career to go into is just because of like it, it does give you so much more than like sales or whatever you think comes with it in terms of like how it can actually help you in your life. So I guess you mentioned that's so, like more of a mindset piece, which I absolutely love. But like, how is that? curious like how is that manifested in like lizzie outside of work or like you're at like actual lizzie the human being like how is it like what would be the positive do you feel like as well on that or, yeah. yeah no fair enough i think it, it gives you so, to be honest it gives you such uh, a much more positive outlook on everything you you really genuinely back yourself so much more in any part of your yeah. life so if you like if something bad happens to me now, if, if I'm hit with a situation where I have to like, overcome an obstacle, um, I think the mindset that recruitment's given me and like being solutions focused, being resilient, genuinely just, you know, being positive and optimistic about things, um, like recruitment's massively impacted me in that. So now if I go into any situation, I can just be, I'm so much more confident going into any situation, so much more, you know, positive about any situation because I know like, I've, I've faced so many challenges in my in my job role that you know outside of work it doesn't it doesn't really seem as, as bad to be fair. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's so that's like so useful. And like, I just feel like more and more young people need that because I feel like there's just so there can be so much more weight attached with like getting the perfect grades, having the perfect grin, all these types of things. So actually, dealing with adversity, things not going your own way, is only going to help you in all different areas of your life isn't it if you're sort of willing to look at it and go right what could I've done differently or right tomorrow's a new day etc um so what about for you James what sort of comes up for you like what have you taken from recruitment so far that you least expected this podcast is proudly partnered with Vincere the true all-in-one platform for growing recruitment businesses and they were recently announced in the 2021 Captera shortlist for recruiting software as one of the top 10 emerging favorites within the space. Captera is like the trip advisor for software. So they've got hundreds of reviews on there and it's all driven by customers' feedback. So absolute testament to the product that they're building for their customers and how happy their customers are at Vincere. And look, I could go on as to how great they are, the product they're building. But I thought, look, why don't I go and actually speak to some of their customers and find out why they love Vincere and also how they felt about their recruitment CRM before they got Vincere. So have a listen. My favorite weapon inside Vinny has to be the intelligence suite. The ability to have visibility into the entire organization at any one time is incredibly valuable. How did I feel before Vinny? Um, tired, lethargic, bashing our head against a brick wall. I think 
in terms of kind of placement year wise, the one sort of, I know you said before, kind of experience that I think recruitment has given me is being able to kind of, I guess, put myself in an environment and socialize with the founders, the co-founders, the manager directors of, of all these sort of clients that the prime work with. Um, yeah. as a placement student, that was so weird for me kind of hearing what all my, my sort of mates were doing in their work. It was kind of nine to five and it was that, and then you go home and, and that's it. And I was kind of, you know, going out with these clients and, you know, meeting with, you know, <laughs> having just normal conversations, you know, at the end of it, well, I think obviously we are very social people in recruitment, but, you know, having just normal conversations with business owners and managing directors, that that from placement year was quite a, a bit of a strange experience because I didn't kind of expect it. Um, yeah. In terms of, I think, kind of transferring into everyday life, I'd probably say, touching a little bit on what Lizzie said, kind of, I'm a lot less stressed about things that just are a lot less important now. Um, and I think yeah, I'm, I love that. I'm I'm quite an organized and quite a I'd say probably quite a stressy person anyway. Um and I think one thing recruitment has has definitely given me is being able to kind of look at things and be like, right, take a step back. Is it actually yeah. that that much of a big deal? Like the and I, you know, I still get stressed about the little things, I won't deny that. But a few things, you know, I think that's the main thing. You know, you have to kind of prioritize not only sort of tasks, but also what's worth kind of committing a lot of mental time to as well. Yeah, love that. So I guess what I want to find out from both of you now then, so obviously, because I'm sure you communicate this to the sort of people that you speak to about um, recruitment, which is obviously the, this whole first year in recruitment, right? Which is sort of typically described like it'll be the hardest year of your life. You're going to face so many different challenges, all these types of things. So I guess like for you, James, I know obviously it's been sort of a part one and a part two now. And part yeah. two is going to be like you full time cracking on, et cetera. But like if we were to put, sort of all your experiences so far together your placement and sort of where you are now yeah i guess what have been like some of your biggest challenges then so far that you've had to sort of work through just to paint a real picture of like what people can expect and some of the challenges that they may might expect so like what have been one some of the biggest challenges that you've had to work through and how have you been working through them so far yeah i think um it kind of goes back to what lizzie said in terms of people are going to do their own thing and um, i came into recruitment very much a social kind of guy you know I'm, I'm happy to to be the center of attention i feel like i can talk to yeah. anyone but that's that's only going to kind of get you so far um you know picking up yeah. the phone is obviously the first the first sort of hurdle and then once you've done that there's only so much you can really control um so it, it, for me a little bit it was the kind of constant rejection which i don't think i was used to because i'd never you know i worked in a restaurant before this so people came to me to eat food you know it wasn't yeah i didn't have to sell anything so i think <laughs> that the the rejection for me was a little bit tough because it kind of probably not my ego a little bit admittedly um and as well, I think on that, the problem was I was very nervous in terms of kind of getting on the phone straight away. So I'd kind of hide in the corner or I'd kind of move away from my desk. So I wasn't actually getting any help. What was you nervous about? I don't know. You don't want to say the wrong thing. And, and looking back, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, you know, I, I feel a bit silly, but I don't know. I just think, you know, it's that risk, I think, of getting rejected. You know, what happens if they do say no, yeah, then yeah. what? You're kind of on the spot and you don't know what to say. Um that for me was the biggest, the biggest challenge. And, you know, that not only sort of occurs on a phone, but also when you've got people booked in for an interview or, you know, for, for a prime training day or whatever it is, and they cancel or they, you know, they don't come. And it's just that sort of constant kind of repeat rejection for me early on, which was, which was tough. Now I'm, I'm obviously controlling it earlier on. So it's, I'm putting more responsibility on me um, in terms of the control piece. So it happens less, which is good. Um, but yeah, that, that rejection really, really kind of knocked my ego a little bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, de I definitely 
Yeah, I would say that was one of the biggest things for me because people didn't people didn't tell me that that would be involved, like yeah. how much rejection you would get. And so, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like every time you pick up the phone, someone's going to tell you to like f off. Like that <laughs> that isn't that doesn't happen. It might happen every no. now and again, but it's just like you said, it's being told no and it's like being pushed back and these types of things. But that's um, it's it's just really valuable to be in those situations and get comfortable with them. So I yeah. guess, Lizzie, for you then, what obviously besides being made redundant or being in a, a difficult situation the, the first two times. I just had to work through that. I guess maybe if you could talk maybe about Prime or you could batch it all together, like what what have been some of the challenges that you've had to work through or uh, we can talk about, you think? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think this is, to be honest, this goes without saying, this is more, I suppose, a bit of advice um, that I'd say, but the biggest challenge is like understanding how hard the role is and how much effort you have to put into it. So um, yeah. we always talk to all of our candidates. Obviously, we recruit in sales. Um, so it's very similar in terms of it, it's hard work. And I think what potentially if you're not 100% about recruitment or you go in without knowing exactly what you're getting yourself in for, um, you don't understand the amount of work ethic that is required to be successful. So I definitely say like the biggest challenge is really understanding like you're going to have to put in the hours. You see these OTs yeah. that you can get in recruitment. You see the quick progression that you can get. Genuinely, you can't just go clock in, clock out, do the bare minimum and, and achieve that. You have to put in so much for it. So I think treating recruitment as a career and not a job, that is the biggest, the first thing 100% to understand um, and overcome straight away off the bat. Um, similar to kind of what James was actually saying, getting on the phone early, um, 100% think yeah. that if you can just get rid of that fear straight away, you're, you're, the, the whole role is on the phone pretty much, especially at the start. So just get it over with. And then genuinely it's, it's so much, although it's so, um, it can be really daunting to obviously do calls in front of like your manager or do calls in front of your colleagues who, you, cause you sometimes think if the room's kind of quiet and yeah, yeah, people you might do, be you listening. Like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you think, Oh gosh, you're really <laughs> awkward on the phone, but genuinely it's actually the best way to learn because you can do a call and then hang up the phone and then you can talk about it. What went well, what didn't go well, what can you do next time? Um, and I think the, the, one really key thing, actually, because um, a lot of the time when I was um, first starting in recruitment, when you get off the phone with someone, um, sometimes maybe your manager might ask, okay, what, so did you find out this? And you're like, oh, I didn't even ask that question. So asking really, really good questions and knowing like what you're missing, I think it's so, so crucial. So definitely think like the biggest challenge is understanding how hard it is and that just being willing to put in the hours, put in the work, getting on the phones and then just asking really, really good questions on that and being inquisitive, like having... Um, mm. a really continuous improvement mindset, I suppose, wanting to actually learn and improve. Um, so not being afraid to do calls in front of other people because um, it is genuinely the best way that you, that you learn, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I love that. So ju just really quickly, like on this, on the work ethic piece. So like Lizzie, what on average, like what, what, like how long are your days on average? Like let's just paint a real picture here. So like, is it like eight till six? Like what are we talking? I know it'll vary, but on average, what would you say? Yeah, well, core hours eight till six. Um, but to be honest with you, like you have to be flexible. So, for, for example, yesterday I was prepping a guy at seven forty-five p.m. just because he works all day. Um, but he's a great candidate, and I wanted to do it. So, um, yeah. you do it's eight till six core, but you just that is you have to be flexible with that. You have to understand that you sometimes do have to put in a bit more. Um, and obviously, the thing is with that, like what I'd always describe recruitment as, it's high reward, but you just have to work for it. So, if you are aren't afraid to work long hours and if you are willing to do it then that's absolutely fine I think 
the biggest thing though, despite it being those long hours, is that you genuinely, it, it's so much fun. And I don't want to kind of missell it. It's just you go in and you're just working and absolutely Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, so fun. Yeah. Time. yeah, but you are having so much fun. Um, so, but yeah, it is, it, that's, it is long hours. Like, yeah. And have, no is that, do you, and is that how you, is that like, I know every business is different, but like typically mm-hmm. what on average across the board, that's what it typically looks like or? Yeah, I'd probably say typ- typically in, in recruitment, yeah, you will be expecting that, like eight to six. I mean, some sometimes it differs, eight thirty to six, and eight yeah, yeah. to five, whatever. But yeah, typically you can be expecting those hours, I reckon. Okay, cool. So, and James, would you share that as well in like the, the places outside of London, Manchester? I know some places will vary, but just yeah. to paint a real picture of like work ethic and working hard, like what does that actually look like? I think obviously the the level of work ethic is needed, but I think it's important to remember kind of why you're doing it. Well, first of all, you're, you're working in a role that is only involving people, essentially. So you're yeah. con- you, you kind of have to accept that you're always going to be working on someone else's schedule, on someone else's calendar. So yeah, that's sure. the first thing. And I think the other thing is is also kind of why you're doing it. So, you know, you're not doing, Lizzie's not prepping a candidate at 7.45 because she wants to be prepping a candidate. You know, it's, it's more than that, I think. And, you know, I think that's why the kind of motivations obviously here a lot is, is really important. So... I think as long as those two things are kind of understood, I think that's probably the main the main thing I would add on that. Um, but nice. you know, the, the main point being, you're in a role where you're working around people, so you kind of have to accept that that potentially might be part of the role. You know, other people work, other people have commitments, um, sure. and your job is to to kind of facilitate that, I guess. Sure. So, but before we go into like, I want to get sort of advice from both of you on like interview tips and these types of things, but really quickly, James, if you could just talk a bit about this, cause you mentioned it. And I know this is something that we spoke about that both of you really wanted to talk about. Cause you speak to a lot of your sort of grads or entry level people about it is that motivation. So yeah. like, I guess what, so if I'm listening to this and I'm considering recruitment, I'm early on in my journey, like, I guess both of you said it's around like understanding why you're doing it, I guess, and to remain motivated. Yeah. So what, what does that, like I don't know I guess like talk to us a bit about that is it that I need to be really clear on like have some really clear goals could be financial goals could be other personal goals or could be I don't know want to buy something or whatever like what what are you typically talking to people about and why is this important do you think this podcast is proudly partnered with Sourcebreaker who are on a mission to change how recruiters work forever Now, this week, I want to tell you about the fantastic opportunities there are currently at Sourcebreaker. They're hiring across their sales team, across their marketing team, across their customer success team. But why Sourcebreaker? They are an extremely fast growth startup in London that are really on track to build an internationally known business, and they need fantastic people to join them on that mission. They've won multiple awards, the fifth best small company to work for in London, the 10th best small company to work for in the UK. Fantastic achievements. And everyone that I've dealt with at this business is vibrant, is energetic. They enjoy what they do. And there's just such an amazing opportunity to join this business and progress your career. If that's in sales, if that's in customer success. But I absolutely love the Sourcebreaker team and the mission they're on and what they're building. And there's a really exciting opportunity right now to join this business as they continue to grow. So there's opportunities in sales, opportunities in customer success, and opportunities in marketing as well. They've taken loads of people from the recruitment industry. Then that doesn't have to be just people from the recruitment industry. It could be your first job, second jobbers, 
but they're really excited to grow. And uh, I wanted to let you all know about the opportunities that you all have in joining a fantastic company like Sourcebreaker. I think, well, for me, the one thing that I always kind of phrase as when I'm speaking to candidates is you need to be motivated by the things that you can get out of recruitment. So whatever it could be, that's then what has to, you know, that's probably going to be the right motivation for you. So don't kind of choose your motivation based on recruitment. If what you can get out of recruitment, whether that be progression, commission, you know, satisfaction, obviously of working with, you know, placing people into roles, whatever it might be, that's then what the motivator should be. Um, you don't yeah. need to be motivated by all of them. Um, for me now, progression's probably my my biggest motivation. Um, you know, I think my sort of demographic, we jump on trends, we jump off trends, we get bored, you know, we want constant progression. Um, yeah. And for me, that's, that's the biggest thing at the moment. Um, but I think sometimes people kind of think, you know, they need to choose their motivations to align with recruitment. You can literally just Google, you know, what what can what are the incentives in recruitment? What can a career in recruitment offer me? And if you find that you kind of match up to them, then, you know, potentially recruitment is the career of choice. Hence kind of what I did with, you know, with my placement. I wanted ideally marketing. Was I going to get quick progression commission out of marketing? Probably not. And I found that in recruitment and now I love it. Um, yeah. So I think that's probably the main the main kind of thing I would say is look what recruitment can offer you. And if you think it matches what you're motivated by, then, you know, potentially it is the right career for you. Yeah, nice. And I think that these these things can change, can't they? But we're sort of want to highlight if you're putting in the work, then you need to have some motivators because there's just yeah. way, way more easier jobs that you can do that don't require you prepping candidates at quarter to eight. Do you know what I mean? It's too, too <laughs> to hard for, not to be too hard yeah, not to be motivated. Exactly. So cool. So look, let's let's go into sort of advice then and, and things that you've learned maybe or the sort of advice that you give now. So I guess, Lizzie, for you then, obviously, James mentioned now, around how competitive it is to get a placement. I'm sure it's just as competitive for, like, entry-level roles or graduate roles. So, like, I guess, firstly, like, what would be your maybe, like, number one tip or two top tips for people that can, I guess, help them stand out in the interview process or at least give them the best possible chance of getting interviewed or getting seen um because i'm sure it is really competitive so like what comes up for you there for people listening on that yeah yeah absolutely i think my best bit of advice probably would be utilize linkedin um mm. i always go on about this all over my linkedin but i i'm a massive advocate for it i think that um, particularly in the market that we're in right now like me and james probably speak to a ridiculous amount of candidates on a day-to-day basis and it is hard to stand out but when if, if you apply to a role if you then find out who the recruiter is the hiring manager connect with them on LinkedIn, message them, utilize your network because it really makes you stand out. It shows that you're so committed to getting the role. So I definitely think like any graduate wanting to get into it, get, make sure you've got LinkedIn first of all, make sure that you actually use it. So that's connect with people in the industry that you want to get into. So connect with, you know, people in recruitment that you want to get into that you can genuinely learn from. Um, When you apply to roles, connect with people straight away, message them, tell them that you've applied, tell them why, why you're interested in it. Um, You know, just utilize that because LinkedIn is not only a great place to get noticed um, through those methods, but you can learn so much from it. And that kind of leads on to Mm. the second point, but I'd always say do more. Um, So if you think about like the average person, applying for a role they probably make a cv apply for the role and then 
fingers like cross fingers and hope yeah. that they get a response um do anything that you can outside of that so that's not just kind of trying to get noticed on linkedin but it's also doing other things like really reading up on the industry making sure that you're fully immersing yourself in your job search and um, reading books listening to podcasts like this anything mm. really that can enhance your skill set because the more you go in prepared then when to an interview or the more understanding that you've got of the role or the career path that you want to get into um you just come across so much more credible um, and so much more committed to getting into it so that would be my thing i'd definitely say use linkedin genuinely utilize it um and do more than than the average person applying for a role yeah Yeah. i love that yeah because it is weird isn't it i mean i I didn't go to university but when i like my perception of linkedin was like you go in there to get a job like that's it basically (laughs) but like i think especially if you if you find that maybe going into like yeah tech sales or i've just lost lizzie but um (laughs) yeah she'll come back but i guess what i was going to say was like particularly in like this if you end up sort of looking at sales opportunities james like yeah like there's what a better way to showcase what you're about by like showing like you're doing that with your job search you know what i mean like if yeah. i'm popping up in your dms and going hey like you may have seen my application i know you're busy but they like you're showing that you're following up you're being proactive and these are the types of things that you might end up doing when you actually land the job um so yeah i guess yeah, get your two tips, but feel free to add on to what Lizzie said. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, if, if you call called a candidate and all they saw was a phone number on their phone, you know, it's 50-50 whether you answer it because it's just a phone call. So if you're creative with your kind of outreach and you send them, like you say, you know, a quirky message on LinkedIn, like they could do to you, you know, it works both ways. You draw attention. Um, I think, you know, in terms of in terms of kind of things that I think I'm doing uh, quite big at the moment in terms of kind of just messaging candidates on LinkedIn, I think the fact you can make it personal straight away, um, you know, sometimes even without a phone call, you know, just go straight in with a message. Look, I've, I've received your application. I come straight to your LinkedIn profile because I can because it's, you know, easily accessible. Let's book a call. Um, I think it's just about, you know, and it, and it works both ways. You know, we have to be creative with with our outreach. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people would have seen Lizzie's, Lizzie's videos on LinkedIn, but I know she gets yeah. a lot of, you know, a lot of traction through them because she's being creative. Um, so there is no reason why, you know, candidates shouldn't do the same thing. And apply that to a job search, yeah. Absolutely. What, what, what would your top tip then be for people to stand out, get noticed, get that interview? It, it's the, it, for me personally, it's the follow-up. And so mm, make, nice. the, make the application bare minimum and then, what are you doing after that to, to separate your application from, you know, in some cases, hundreds of others, you know, in terms of the roles that we recruit, LinkedIn, you know, even kind of, you know, viewing my profile on LinkedIn. And, I, and if I've seen the application in my inbox and I've got a few calls to make before and then they view my profile, I'm yeah. automatically more inclined to think, right, they're switched on, you know, they're, they're looking yeah, yeah, at me yeah. and things like that. So just just think about kind of what you, you make the application and then what's that kind of first step to, to really grab attention um, after that and, Simple as simple as viewing viewing a profile on LinkedIn is probably the easiest and the most quickest way to, to grab attention off a recruiter for sure. Yeah. So like yeah. So be organised. Maybe ha- like you wanted to keep track of these things. Yeah. Every and like hours. as as I'm sure both of you learning like the money's in the follow up in recruitment. Yeah. Like that that's that's where you're not always going to get through to like the person you want to in that first time. Um, it's always like, I mean, in my first year recruitment, my nickname in the office was like Hisham the Hounder, which was a bit savage, but <laughs> I was just, I was just like, right, well, I'm not, I back myself that when we do speak, like I'm going to make it a good experience, but like, yeah. you just got, you just got to keep at it. And you've got like, you've got to approach that with your job search, surely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it will get noticed. Um, cool. So Lizzie, good to have you, have you back. That's all, all good. But basically what I wanted to, um, I think she might have frozen actually. I say. <laughs> I that was, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, James, let me come to you then. So I guess yeah. 
So you've spoken about how sort of grads can get noticed, I guess. Yeah. Like, why don't we then get like, okay, so I've, I've done that. I've followed up. I've stood out. I've been creative. What about like your top tips for me at actual interview? Would you say like, what are the common things that maybe sort of entry level or grads typically go wrong where you sort of typically help people make sure that they don't make those sort of um, mistakes that a lot of people make? Like what comes up for you there? Maybe like top yep. one to three tips on the interview side of things. I think the first thing I'd say is you're not expected to have experience, direct experience as a grad. You'll, you'll, you will hear horror stories of, you know, going through five interviews and then got told. Yeah, yeah. Right or like these, like, aca- these not academy things, these are like the little um, assessments where you're like, yeah, you're pitching in front of like loads of like, yeah. Okay. You've, sometimes I think in terms of that, it might be more maybe the, the company you're applying for than actually yourself. But yeah. you've, I think as a, as a grad, the most attractive things that, you know, and I'm speaking pretty much as one, um, the most attractive thing that I think we have is we're, we're extremely driven and yeah. are extremely keen to, to learn. So that, that's got to be the first thing, you know, you're coming from a background like myself, let's say hospitality, you don't know recruitment, but you've got the right sort of soft skill set to do recruitment. Um, yeah. so I think the first thing is definitely kind of get across that you've got a foundation, you know, you've got transferable skills. Now you want to apply that and obviously then grow in recruitment. Um, yeah. I think the other one is definitely motivations. That's got to okay. be, you know, massive. Um, and what, 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 what do we, what do like, what is it? Has it got to be more than like, I want this job because I want to want money. Like what, what are you sort of coaching these grads to like think about, communicate? I, d- I don't think it does. I don't think it does need to be. So, well, it can be, but I don't think it always does. You know, it's, it's attractive to a hiring, you know, if you're running a business where the targets are rewarded by progression or commission, you know, yeah. it, it's it's kind of attractive for a hiring manager to hear just to let you know, I'm going to do everything I can to earn commission because how do you earn the commission? You hit your targets. So it's kind of like a two-way thing. You know, the, the candidate is getting rewarded with what they're looking for, the commission. And then obviously yeah. the hiring manager is obviously growing his company because the staff are, you know, growing their company, sorry, because the staff are hitting targets. Um, so I don't think it always needs to be deeper than progression or deeper than commission. The main thing I'd say on that, though, is you need to have reasons. You know, everyone in the world can say they're motivated by money, but why are they actually motivated? You know, what do they want to buy in, in a month, two months, two years, three years? Um, a so good like anchor it to something. Yeah, anchor it to something. Sorry, yeah, good example. No, I was going to say a good example we had recently at one of our one of our training days at Prime was we had a candidate who said he was really motivated by money and the, the long-term goal is to have a house that in the kitchen has an island, so an island in the middle <laughs> of the kitchen. So Not really specific. Yeah. So, and it sounds kind of, you know, you, you might think, why are you thinking that far ahead? But that's the sort of person that will, will really work hard because they have, you know, 10 year plans. They actually they, like have thought a bit about like what they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it can be as little as, you know, as much, you know, I, I want to go on a, you know, I want to go on a summer holiday after, you know, after the pandemic and sort of everything's back to, normal. I want to go on a summer holiday. You know, that's a short term yeah, yeah. goal. Um, people who know exactly what they want to spend their money on are more likely to, to go and get it. I think if you're, if you're there just to earn money to, to live comfortably is quite a common one. Well, what does that really look like? You know, how much money do you actually mean, need yeah. to, to do that? Um, yeah, yeah that would be my main thing on the on the motivations is having kind of actual examples as to why you want to go and get it. Yeah, no worries. So look, I've, I've got two final questions for you, basically. Yeah. So before I ask you to get your like, honest thoughts on like why you believe more people should consider recruitment as an actual career choice, not just an accident. Yeah. I just want to get, obviously, like you said, graduated this year. Like a lot of recruitment businesses want to hire people like you, right? Your age group, et cetera. So yeah. what I want to find out from you, and you can talk about from your own perspective and also like just your friends and just 
obviously speaking to graduates um, day in, day out. Yeah. Like what type of recruitment business do these people actually want to work for? Do you know what I mean? Like what actual benefits excite them? What actual benefits like make them like really excited about working for a particular company? What actually resonates with them? Because I think it's just so easy to go down the cliche route of like, right, we're going to get you trips to Ibiza. You can get the yeah. Rolex, you've got the money, all this. But like what in your, like, what is it that, that people want your age and below what people coming through, do you think? I, I'll, I'll stand by the point of we will get bored quickly. In my in terms of in terms of kind of yeah. having a having a long term plan, as I said, you know we jump on you know myself included, you jump on trends, you know whether it's a TikTok trend and Instagram, whatever it is, um, you know I think it's natural to get bored. It's probably a good thing, you know. You want to be progressing, um, you know you'll be in you know an entry level role for for six months. You'll want to progress to the next level. You want to mm-hmm. kind of keep moving on. Um, she's back again. Um, yeah. but, but no, I think I think the main thing is probably just that drive is you know the progression i think and i can't speak on behalf of you know every graduate at my age but i think the main thing that has to be on offer is the progression because with the progression comes all the other incentives you know it comes with the the lunch club so when we so when we say progression right like what does that actually like what like what we like what does what does that actually mean like what do they want is it they want they want to be able to tell their mates that they're a manager is it they want to manage lead people they want to help like what what actually is it i know it will be different for different people but typically what is it that they want out of progression because it's just a it can cover a lot of things can't it yeah, I think I, I say I don't know if Lizzie wants to add on to this because I know she, she's back and forth in this uh, in <laughs> the call. But no, I think the, the main thing for me on that point would be tailored progression. Um, okay, tailored so, progression. Yeah, so have a progression plan. That's absolutely you know have a have a straight line to director level, but have different kind of branches off of that. You know what what are you going to do for someone when they get to like you say a management position, but they don't want to manage people. Okay, well, could yeah. they manage something else? You know, could they manage, you know, tailor the progression, I think would be the main thing. Not everyone's going to be attracted to the same role. Not everyone's going to, you know, want the same role. Um, there are obviously different kind of routes, more sort of the BD side or more the, you know, the, the people management side. But I think the main thing on that would be having tailored progression. You know, what are people good at? What what are, What is this person's strengths? How can we make a role? How can we kind of, you know, tweak the role a little bit to, to work to their strengths and in their favor? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think nice, yeah. So just yeah, just making sure that like you always you're always making feel like this entry level talent is moving forward basically. Yeah. And you're pushing forward as new things. Cool. So look, Lizzie, good to have you back. We're we're all good. So basically the last two questions I have, the one that I just asked James, which I'd love your thoughts on, mm. is basically what I want to know from your perspective. Obviously, there's so there'll be countless recruitment businesses that want to attract people like both of you, and obviously the the graduates and entry level talent that you speak to on a day to day basis. But I just wanted to hear like your honest thoughts on like what do people like you, your age group, or etc. Like what do they actually want from their employers? Like what actually excites them about recruitment business? Because like yeah, it's easy just to shout about the. The cliche incentives you know like the money i'd be for trips all this but like what like obviously james went to progression but i don't know if you wanted to add anything like what is it that these people are actually driven by like what is it that they want out of their employers yeah sure i actually um it's funny you say that because i recently did a post on linkedin about company culture and it's similar to what you were saying there a lot of people think that you know grads just look at companies and they think oh perfect like bean bags and ping pong tables that's exactly yeah. what i want out of my out of my recruitment career but it's not i think similar to like to add on to what james was saying 100 percent think progression is so important i think um graduates want to see that they're not going to be stagnant they want to see that they whatever they do in their career now is genuinely going to add up to 
to build out a genuine long-term career. So I think never being stagnant and always moving up is something really, really important. And, and it's also really motivating. Um, I think also being in an environment where you genuinely think not just for your professional growth, but your personal growth as well. So I think nice. being in an environment that fosters like progression and development. So, um, and by that, I mean a really good training program where you're not just kind of thrown in at the deep end, given a phone and some numbers in a database, like go oh, and make some calls and make some placements. Like you're genuinely going to be um, trained up and given all the support and all the resources that you need to be successful. So I think a really clear training plan and development plan um is so so crucial particularly in recruitment where it is so difficult and genuinely when people do say like it's the hardest six months the first six months of the hardest six months of your life it genuinely can be if you don't have the support so i think yeah. uh, somewhere that gives you support and like fosters high progression high growth um is so crucial so i definitely think being started off on the right foot um is is 100% what people look for um, and then with that comes that progression with that comes that earning potential but I think yeah starting off on the right foot 100% yeah nice yeah so it's a, it's a businesses need to really make sure they've got a clear progression plan and that can be just in so many different ways can't it so like, I think that's I feel like sometimes that's where smaller grown recruitment businesses can miss a trick because they feel like they're not big enough to offer progression but there's so many different ways that you can offer that isn't there and yeah. promote people in different ways and these things so Okay, cool. So look, the last question to wrap up then, Lizzie, I'll come back to you. So what, so I want to find out from both of you firstly. So obviously we always hear recruit, people fall into recruitment as an accident, right? Um, I do feel like that sort of needle is definitely changing a bit. Um, I was in a small percentage of people that generally just, I wanted to get into recruitment because I wanted to become a better, more all-rounded salesperson coming from a transactional insurance sales background. So like one, Lizzie, are you finding more people that you speak to are going, Lizzie, I actually want to get into recruitment. Just interested in your thoughts, honest thoughts on that. And then two, um, I just want you to share like why you feel more people, more graduate entry level talent should be considering recruitment as a career choice, not just an accident. Mm. Perfect. Yeah, um, I definitely do think actually people are um, more interested in getting into recruitment as a career because I suppose my perception of it is I think people are starting to understand really that recruitment there is there shouldn't be this like negative perception of recruitment where you are just kind of a, a salesperson just pushing people into roles and things like that I think a lot of people are starting to realize it is you know a lot more challenging than that there's a lot more to it um and you can have you know massive impact on on your career as well as someone else's so I think I've definitely seen I think a lot more people are interested in, in recruitment as a career of choice in terms of why people should consider it more of it as a career of choice rather than I suppose this perception of falling into it because yeah. I definitely think there is that idea of people do fall into recruitment I think particularly because the barrier for entry like it seems to be a little bit lower potentially than other um industries where you know you don't necessarily there's not a degree in recruitment there's not any specific yeah. skills that you need to get into it as long as you like have that drive you can so I think um there is that kind of preconception where oh, I don't know what else I'll do I'll just do recruitment and see if that if that works out and um, the people should genuinely see it as a career of choice because like similar to what um me and James have been talking about there's so much progression in it it's not just a job you can genuinely it's I don't think I've seen any other kind of career path where you can start right from the bottom and then get promoted so like twice in a year like less than that really yeah. really quickly down to your work as well like yeah. completely down to you that's the thing Exactly, completely down to your merit. It's not just, okay, perfect, Lizzie's been working here for five years now. I think she's due a promotion. It's like, oh my God, Lizzie smashed all her targets or James has smashed all his targets. Um, yeah. yeah, like he's, he's hit his promotion targets. So it's not. there's no other career where genuinely 
down to your work and down to your merit you can just progress and go as far as you want to go so there's no kind of limit there um and also to work in an environment that is so fast-paced it's so fun um you know the, the earning potential is there as well again like it goes with that theme of there's no limit um I, don't, I just I couldn't imagine being in any other kind of career where you just aren't capped at all you can just work really really hard and get so much out of it so people need to realize that if you want a career where your hard work genuinely pays off um yeah, then yeah. recruitment is the one for you yeah, like for, when I had no idea what I wanted to do and then landed my first sales job, I was like, oh my God, like, why would I ever work in a job where I could put all my all into it and the person next to me could just like half ass it and we get paid the same? Mm. Like, there's just no way that I'm ever going to be in that type of environment again. Yeah. Um, okay, love that. And then, James, for you, why, like, one, do you feel like, have you, have you been hearing more people go, oh, I actually want to get into it or I've been yeah. interested in it? And two, yeah, why do you feel more people should consider it as a career choice? I think definitely, yeah. Even from when I started placement, I'd say I'm speaking to, to more people that are saying, you know, okay, so the first question I might ask, you know, what sort of roles are you applying for? You know, specifically recruitment. They know exactly why they want recruitment. I think that comes from, you know, the sort of work you're doing, what, you know, what Lizzie's doing on LinkedIn. You know, people are a little probably, probably more educated on it now. Um, yeah. I'll be completely honest. I had no... I wasn't big on LinkedIn. Yeah, I didn't I say big on LinkedIn. I, I didn't use LinkedIn a lot before placement year. I didn't really go on it. I didn't know sure. the recruitment scene. Um, you need, feel, definitely need to change that, by the way. They need to yeah, like, no, I agree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I was, I think I had done like one post on my LinkedIn and that was when I got my, my gold DOV and I put like a selfie on there and that, that was literally <laughs> it. Um, but I think, like you say, now I think more and more people are inclined to go on LinkedIn. And I think that's through placement for example you know me doing a placement in in recruitment i was telling all my mates you know i'll look at my linkedin post i've just said it you yeah, know yeah. and people kind of gradually gradually use it um but i think i think yes definitely people are now more choosing it as a career of choice because i think it's now just become you know everyone in recruitment is saying you know why would you not choose it and there isn't no one's actually coming up with i'm seeing a lot of reasons to choose it i'm not really seeing many reasons as to why to not choose it you know if you're motivated yeah. by by progression by money you know by working in a fast-paced environment you will get that in recruitment so you will choose to work in recruitment um i think nice. in terms of kind of just remind me what the the second part of that of that question so was, it was, it, no you pretty much aren't it was more about like why people should consider it as a right. as a career I mean, I could obviously, you know, echo everything that Lizzie said. The main thing I would say in terms of grads is it's kind of like, you know, imagine working for three years at uni, you know, working all day, every day and, and getting, you know, or, you know, failing. You, you'd be gutted. You know, you work hard to get good results to get, you know, to get a first at the end of your three years. You, you work hard in recruitment. It's exactly the same. You know, you work hard, you'll hit your targets, you'll get promoted. Um, it, it really is as simple as that. There's no discrimination in terms of when you've joined or, you know, how long you've been there or, you know, if someone else is going to get promoted at the same time. It is literally, if you're working hard, you will see the results. You know, there, there is, yeah. I, I, I find it hard to believe there's any business that probably doesn't reward, you know, in recruitment that doesn't reward targets like that. Yeah, fair. Right. I know I said that was my last question, but I'm going to ask you both <laughs> one more. Okay. So, Lizzie, I'll come to you first. I want you to share your top two tips on how to survive. I see, I know you're still going for this, but how to survive and thrive people's that first year in recruitment or first six months in recruitment. Okay. Um, I suppose, tip number one, I'd say work really hard. Just get your head down and work for it. Um, no one is going to make you do things the way I always look at it is if I every time I pick up my phone or every time I open my laptop I can literally make money or I can literally progress or hit my targets no one's really gonna tell you to do that so you need to have that drive and that work ethic to do it so that would be my first thing just work really hard 
what do it and you'll see results 100 percent um second tip i'd probably say is um just be solutions focused as well. So similar to what I kind of said at the beginning, um, actually, don't get knocked back too much by things that happen. Just accept that, you know, you're, you're in a role where, you know, you are going to face challenges. You are going to hit, hit loads of obstacles. Just accept that early on. So then when you do actually hit the obstacles and meet the challenges, um, you can just be solutions focused, focus on what you actually need to achieve and what you can do to rectify that. So then go and overcome that. So that would be it. Work hard and be solutions focused. Love that. James, same to you. Top two tips to survive and smash those first six months yeah i'd say don't be afraid to make mistakes um it is you know as lizzie says there's no degree in recruitment rarely have people done recruitment before graduating whether it's you know like a place where i am seeing that a little bit more now um don't be afraid to make mistakes and want to make mistakes in front of other people or you genuinely will not get any feedback um i probably learned that the hard way but you know now i'm you know more than happy to kind of even now you know i sit opposite my my line manager kyle and obviously you know quite well um even now he'll still say you know oh this is a call you haven't done before you know do it in front of me you know stay in your seat and do it um i think actually we all kind of like to walk around and stuff but you know even even 16 months into the role you know he, he still wants me to be in front of him so he can kind of coach me um that leads on to the second one. So the first one is make mistakes. And the second one is be, be coachable. Um, you know, accept that you're going to have the soft skills. You know, a lot of people will have the soft skills for recruitment, you know, whether from hospitality or retail or whatever they've done, but, you know, be prepared now that you've got to kind of take all those soft skills and learn a lot more in terms of not only, you know, kind of about yourself, but also about the industry, you know, how, how it works and stuff, be prepared to, you know, to be molded into a little bit, you know, well, not molded yourself, but be prepared to be coached, you know, from, I suppose the soft skills level to, you know, a B2B kind of recruiter level and, um, yeah. you know, take on advice, make the mistakes. And, and I suppose those two have to work really closely together. I think if you do one without the other, then, you know, you'll probably find you won't grow as quickly. Um, and yeah. so don't be afraid to make mistakes and, you know, be coachable when you are getting feedback on, on the mistakes you've made. Nice. Yeah. I think I would just add, looking look, I would just add like, you should, you've got to be someone that like takes responsibility like yeah. the quicker you like stop pointing the finger and going, ah, oh, like that hasn't worked because of this or whatever, like the better basically. So like, yeah. yeah, all of the things that you said and then just be willing to take full responsibility of like things going wrong, not going so well um, instead of being in like a victim mindset. Yeah. Um, Lizzie James, it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you so you. much for uh, coming on, sharing. Cheers Excited to see how uh, both your careers evolve and um yeah big thanks for for being here. well done on making it to the very end of the episode i hope you enjoyed it i've done my very best to try and level up this podcast that will hopefully mean that you can take even more learnings from these conversations and apply it to your own recruitment career like always if there are any particular topics that you would love me to cover with future guests then please get in touch with me the best place to reach me is on linkedin send me a message what would you love me to cover with future guests and if you have enjoyed the podcast then it would be amazing if you could leave a honest review in your favorite podcast streaming platform that will simply mean that we're able to reach more people with this podcast I hope you enjoyed it and don't forget to subscribe completely free on your favorite podcast streaming platforms and we'll be back next week with a new episode of the Recruitment Mentors Podcast.